Alright. This is Teen Sunday School on January 24th. Thank you guys for your patience. I had to figure out the live thing on the Instagram side. And uh, we're going to get started here. Let's have a quick prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you that we could all gather together and uh, electronically and virtually and, and please bless everybody who's out there listening uh, and help them know that you are near and that you are with them and please bless this lesson and help everybody to understand and uh, use it in their daily lives as they go throughout this time. Amen. All right. So last week we started a series on Pictures of Christ. Let's find a good marker here. All right. What is Pictures of Christ? Why do we have them? Where are they? <clears throat> Where do we find them? Uh, pictures of Christ uh, are in the Old Testament. And they are there, God put them there, so that we can recognize Jesus when he came. Uh, so last week, you talked with Eric, and you talked about shadows, pictures, and types. Shadows, pictures, and types. These things are all just subcategories underneath pictures of Christ. Uh, you talked about an example of a shadow, uh, the sacrificial lamb, and how the sacrifices of the Old Testament are a shadow for Jesus' sacrifice for us. Uh, Jesus' blood was shed on the altar, the cross, to save us all from death. Uh, you talked about David and Goliath. as an example of a picture. David and Goliath is a picture of Christ, uh, just like David uh, killed Goliath, this monster of a man. He was nine and a half feet tall, and David was just a young boy at the time. Uh, just like David, uh, killed Goliath against all odds, uh, Jesus conquered death on the cross. It's also this giant, massive force to contend with. Uh, and we also talked at length about Joseph. That was our example of types. <clears throat> we talked about Joseph and his similarities with Christ. In other words, the type of person that Christ was. Both Joseph and Jesus were young people when they were called. Joseph was called with his dreams. And they were both treated very poorly. But in one day, they rose from their lowest possible seat uh, you know, to great power. Joseph went from being in prison to uh, prime minister over Egypt. And Jesus uh, rose from the dead. And they both had a purpose. They both had a purpose of preserving life. Joseph preserved life by saving food for seven years so that every day uh, everybody around wouldn't starve in the next seven years of famine. 
And Jesus preserved life by dying on the cross uh, to save us all from our sin. So that when we die, we may not perish, but have eternal life with him. So the Old Testament is full of these shadows, these pictures, these images of Christ. All right? Our original goal when we thought about this series was to pick these uh, shadows in chronological order. But we got a little messed up, so we're actually going to go backward from Joseph uh, to earlier in time. So we're going to go today and talk about Adam and Eve. All right. So God created the earth. He placed the first man and woman, Adam and Eve, in the Garden of Eden. They had everything that they needed from the garden. And God told them not to eat from only one tree. They could eat from all of the others, but not just this one. So I'm going to read, starting in Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, starting at verse 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eye, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took took of its fruit and ate. She also gave it to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. So Adam and Eve eat uh, from the tree, the one tree that God told them not to, and sin entered into the world. Before this act, there was no sin in the world, and therefore no death. So we'll put in our list here that we'll start trying to shape, paint our picture of Christ. That sin entered the world through one man. All right. And we'll keep going. Genesis chapter 3. That's my place here. Picking up where we left off at verse 8. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he asked, Who told you that? You were naked. Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded that you should not eat? Then the man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So they're playing the blame game a little bit. 
this part here we're supposed to recognize as ourselves. All right? Sin was passed from Adam to the whole human race. Uh, but also, much like Adam and Eve, we know when we've done wrong. You can feel it. You've got a conscience. And our tendency is to be ashamed and hide from God. Let's see what happens when we go to God after we have sinned. Continuing on, picking up uh, at verse 16. So God is going to answer them and judge them and punish them for doing exactly what he asked them not to. To the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Then to Adam he said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife, and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground of your, for your sake. In toll you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth to you, and you shall... Eat of the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. <clears throat> so the punishment uh, for sin is death. God calls it right out in verse 19. The sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. So the judgment that God passes <clears throat> is that sin is punishable by death. All right? But I skipped over the two, two verses here that are super important. All right? So let's go back and read verse 13, uh, 14 and 15, actually. This is God talking to the serpent who did the tempting. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. All right, so we talked about this pretty recently, this particular passage. We know that this is the first prophecy in the Bible about the gospel, about Jesus. All right, but the part I want to draw your attention to is the seed of woman shall crush the serpent's head. In other words, the power of sin will be broken by one man. the similarity here, one man and one man. All right. Putting it all together, we see that uh, all people, all humans, are guilty of sin because it all came from this one man. We all descended from Adam and we all have sinned and the consequences of this sin is death. Uh, but we also know that the best part of that is that sin will be defeated by one man. Uh, so these, these things put together should help us recognize Jesus when he comes. All right? So Jesus was born of Mary. 
which means that he is 100% man. All right, so he fits this bill. But we also know that Jesus was 100% God. Because of this, when he died on the cross, he himself was not guilty of sin. He did not need to die as a consequence for his own actions. So instead, he was able to be a substitute for every human that ever lived. All right? All the way from Adam, all the way into the future, all right? He took the place. He took our consequence and he paid our debt. By doing so, he became the man who crushed the serpent with his heel. All right? But I'm going to say that the similarities between Adam and Eve's story and Jesus kind of stop here. All right? What we actually have here is a foil. Now, foil is actually a term that they use a lot in uh, English class. All right? You have a foil. That's just a type of picture, all right? But instead of last week, where we had similarities between Joseph and Jesus, we've actually got some differences here. And that's kind of what a foil is. All right? A foil is a type of comparison, and in a foil we look at the differences between two things to learn more about the main one. Uh, so let's see here what we can learn <clears throat> about this foil between Jesus and the story of Adam and Eve. And actually, Paul does this pretty explicitly for us. So let's turn to Romans chapter 5. All right, Romans chapter 5. And let's start reading at verse 12. Therefore, just as though one man's sin entered, in, entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned, for unto the law sin was in the world, until the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the trans transgressions of Adam, who is the type of him who was to come. So what does this mean? This is a little tough uh, lawyer talk. But Paul is essentially saying that uh, even though there wasn't any Jewish law up until Moses, sin still existed in the world. All right? And notice when Paul says here, Adam is a type of him who is to come. Right? He calls it right out. We can look at Adam and learn about Jesus. Okay? In other words, we can use Adam to recognize Jesus as the Son of God. All right? So I'm going to create a table here. All right? Put it off to the side. <clears throat> we'll put the first sin and Adam on one side. And I'm going to call it the free gift, because that's what Paul calls it here. And Jesus on this side. All right? And we'll take a look at these differences that Paul calls out. Let's continue reading. Uh, Romans chapter 5, starting again at verse 15. But the free gift is not like <clears throat> the offense. As in, salvation is not like 
uh, Adam's sin. For if by the one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which come from one offense resulted in condemnation, but the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. So what's the difference here? One man sinned, and we had condemnation for all. All right? But the difference is, Jesus, through his grace, took the place for salvation for all. And even though it's for all on both sides, uh, Paul tries to make it clear that, yes, condemnation for all, but the grace uh, by which we all have salvation is much greater than the condemnation that was passed. All right, continuing at verse 17. For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. All right, pretty clear here. This one brought death, and this one brings life. All right. Therefore, as though one man's offense judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. All right. So judgment came from this. All right. And I'm going to put justification over here. That's the word Paul uses. All right. Jesus gave us just uh, the justification of life through his grace and uh, salvation. All right. Continuing on, verse 19. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. All right. I'm going to put disobedience and obedience. All right. Forgive my spelling. If it is wrong, I'm not even sure. Uh, And one more, starting at verse 20. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus, Jesus Christ our Lord. So last one on the list, sin and grace. All right. So this is the picture that we get in Genesis, and we can see that directly opposite the free gift that came from Jesus when he died on the cross to save us all. All right, it's a direct opposite type of thing here, and that's how we can use it as a picture to recognize Jesus. So there you have it, Adam and Eve and the fall of man uh, can be seen as a picture of Jesus and his grace 
Through one man, sin entered the world and was passed to many, and so too, through one man, salvation entered the world and was passed to all. All we have to do is pray and ask Jesus to forgive our sins, and he's already paid the price, and he will gladly give He'll gladly give us salvation as long as we ask. All right? Thank you very much, guys. Hope you have a good day.